Hey, it's Brad Parker, Crystal Palace fan, and you are listening to the Drunkard United Football Show. It's a parade. I am really enjoying hearing all these new sound drops. That yeah, one was fabulous. It's definitely fantastic. Oh, my God. Well done, Brad. Well done. You know, um, I'm going to keep it real simple, Sam, and let's see if you finally figure some shit out. Okay. Amongst the many things that Chuck said, we all know that Chuck famously said, pay me my money in cash. But he also said, as soon as the three o'clock rolls around, it's time for you to let your burdens down. Let's start the show. I still have no clue. Hello and welcome to the Drunk United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the school-dazed Samuel Graham. How are you doing, Sam? Not too bad yourself. Um, I'm okay. Would I'm going fi- to finally... Chuck Brown? Close. All right. Chuck Berry. Damn. Yeah, Sam. And and have you finally figured out now? Now that it's kind of all finally coming to an end, and you won't be here next week. They're all f- school references. Holy shit! He finally figured out that it was all songs about school the entire <laughs> summer. Well done, well done. Um, we are recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. Uh, you can check us out on most podcast platforms. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and uh, review. Also, most importantly, share with one of your friends as well. And if you want to get in, ch- uh, in touch with us, there's many ways that you can. So, Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure. Follow us on all the social medias at DUFootballShow um, and DUFootballShow at gmail.com. We do check our DMs, so make sure you do that, as I have a couple uh, from our boy John uh, who loves sending us funny shit. Yes. Um, the first of which was a Spurs fan. Uh, got a shirt from one of his mates, I assume. Because he uh, probably wouldn't buy this himself. but uh, And you can hear the guy recording going, turn around, turn around. <laughs> God, t- come on, turn around. And uh, the name on the back is Trophies. And the number that uh, the shirt has uh, adorned is zero. <laughs> 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 Fuckers. <laughs> um, so there's that one. And then he also sent us other ones that were very funny. If I can just find my Facebook Messenger. There we go. They're not funny. More of a question that actually is kind of funny. Is Ozil's is Ozil, I'm sorry, Arsenal's cheaper and less productive version of Paul Pogba. They even have matching hair. <laughs> um no. Paul Pogba doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Mesut Ozil just doesn't care <laughs> to know his ass from a hole in the ground. There's a difference. Uh that's my opinion on him at least. And the other one uh that brought a little tear to my eye is a photograph of Thierry Henry. Um, standing on the field, uh, and the caption is Thierry Henry plus long sleeves plus gloves was the scariest sight for any defender. The game was over before it even started, and I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about, man. Absolutely true. Ah. So yeah, get in touch with us again at do football show do football show at gmail dot com. Yes, all of you get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat back and forth, and especially on the social media. And as we get into the season. Um, I will be on Twitter all game. You'll be posting Instagram stuff. We want to see your Instagram stuff. We yep. want to see you drinking in front of a TV in the morning. Those are important things. Yeah, and we'll make sure we share those photos on uh, on our socials. And I'd as best we can. I mean, if we get inundated, it'll be tough. But and I'd say drive your happy ass over here. But Sammy, it's what? just you and I tonight. Oh goodness, thank yeah, you. Yeah, just you and I. I'm here. I and to... you're hitting the mute button. I don't have to share you with anyone tonight. That's nice. Sam and I both work in the (laughs) wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Sammy, what are we sipping on tonight? Yeah, so we've got uh, Casamigos Tequila. We've got the Renejo expression. Um, That translates to House of Friends, Ali. Mm-hmm. Put that in your pipe and fucking smoke it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was founded by uh, good friends George Clooney, Randy Gerber, and Mike Meldman. Um, comes in at 80 proof. Uh, it was aged 14 months in used American oak barrels. Um, and comes in at 64.99 to 69.99 on the shelf. Very nice. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, this is the uh, brand that uh, Clooney ended up selling for like a billion dollars to so, Diageo, right? Uh, <laughs> A a uh, very familiar uh, transfer fee uh, that you see in football, actually seven hundred million, 
with a further three hundred million in add-ons if the brand does well, <laughs> depending on performance. <laughs> and of course, he's still using his likeness and everything to promote the brand because that probably helps it too. Yep. Let's face it; I, I know a lot of people who know this brand as the George Clooney tequila is exactly what they call it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a bit pricey, but um, I have a feeling that Diageo's not promoting it too much themselves. Save that three hundred million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as that part of the contract's over. They're going to be pimping the hell out of this stuff. Heard. <laughs> uh, also, I'd like to note that I've given you a lot of shit over the last few weeks about brands that you've lost that I'll, I now represent. This uh -huh. is one that I brought to market you've never represented. Right. Uh, and I lost this uh, for my company. So we're taking a dig at me tonight. Yep. See, happens happens to the best of us, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's have a great show, Sammy. Yep. Let's do it. Oh, that new mic oh my sound. Gosh. You are all so welcome for that wonderful sound. <laughs> I'll be even more welcome when you hit the fucking mute button. That was beautiful. Well, Sam, we're going to talk about three teams tonight. We're going to uh, kind of catch up the, um, the, the last couple of teams from our admin that we weren't able to get yeah. to. Uh, we have... Ten days left before the season starts. Yeah, and we need to six hurry up. teams to do. Yeah, we need to hurry up and finish <laughs> reviewing everybody. Yep. So we're going to talk uh, Chelsea. We're going to talk Spurs. Oh, and, do we have to? Yep. We're going to talk right. Spurs, and we're going to talk uh, Burnley as well. So oh, three cunt teams. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> good lord. Well, if it wasn't for uh, Man U being an absolute shit show, more attention would have been paid to the shit show that was actually Chelsea. Yeah, it was insane. So let me see if I can recap this all for you very well. Right. So start the first couple of months undefeated hand Manchester City, their first loss of the season, look like legit title holders. Then everything suddenly faded away, started to lose. But wait, not done. Then they make two, not one, two tournament finals. They make the League Cup final and they end up making the Europa final Yep. in the League Cup final. Conte wants to sub out his keeper. Keppa throws a fit, stomps on his feet, and sucks on his thumb, doesn't leave the pitch, right? So that happens. They end up losing that match to Man City, right? Right. So all that happens. Now, even more, by the time, the, uh, by the time they finish up the season, they finish up in third place. They qualify automatically for Champions League. They win freaking Europa at your expense. Yep. And... And, and somehow now, now we're still not done because the coach, Conte, wants to leave because he's feeling underappreciated, undervalued, not heard, and undermined. Right. So he's gone. Oh, wait, more. There's a transfer ban yep. that now allows them not to buy anybody. Mm -hmm. They hire, they go ahead and hire one of their old time, like all time great players in Lampart to now come coach the team. And they recall all their youngsters. The fuck? Yeah, so um, two things. You forgot that they lulled us into a false sense of security at, at a very tragic, disappointing, and boring performance in the Community Shield to kick the season off. Oh, yeah, yeah. We thought and they were going to be horrible. I know we've done a lot of podcasts in the last couple of weeks trying to catch all this stuff up. It's Maurizio Sorry was their coach. Oh, sorry. Conte yeah. was, Conte <laughs> Already was gone. before. Yeah, yeah, sorry. He was off trying to pimp. Real Madrid into hiring him. They go and through then, so uh, many fucking coaches and forget them you all. You can't keep track. I get it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, and I do have an update. Uh, they now have 16 players that left on loan this summer now. I'm sorry. 16 players left total, 10 of which are on loan. They actually got rid of six players mm. off their books. So now they only have 345 players on their books. Um, but that was Chelsea's which, season. Which is what got them in trouble. Yeah, so exactly. So that was Chelsea's season. Up and down, all over the fucking place. Um, the English press, uh, Chelsea's own board, oh, sometimes and, the players. And I almost forgot, the entire season, their best player didn't want to fucking be there. Right. Um, and I, had no still, problem, did a, and, still did a job, though. And had no problem letting everybody know Every week, he didn't want to be there. No, anymore. right. I mean, but he still go out and score. I mean, he's, he was professional about it. Oh, he still, of course. But then he was obviously lobbying for a move. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it was it was very strange the season uh, from Chelsea. They were a bit all over the place. They would after that initial unbeaten run, they would go through stretches where they would tie three, lose one. You know, then they'd come back with two, three wins, and then they'd lose two in a row, and then they'd come back and win six, and then it was just a very odd, strange season. Uh, you we, then had the Europa we beat League. We 2-0 the day after uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And just 
owned their asses. Right. Owned them. I don't think Mauricio Sarri obviously didn't have a full preseason because uh, uh, Antonio Conte was embroiled in the right. kind of rift with the board um, last summer and trying to retain his job. And then Willie or won't he leave? Um, Sarri had issues at Napoli with uh, Carlo Ancelotti, I'm sorry, coming in. Mm-hmm. And maybe sorry was going, but technically he was still employed at the club. They just decided to, decided to hire another head coach while sorry was still contracted. It was all very strange. The whole thing was very odd. So he didn't have a full preseason. Um, they basically only brought in Jorginho uh, at that point in time. Was the only major acquisition that they made. And it was and it was in a position they already had they the had best guy the, in the world, the best player in the world, exactly. <laughs> so and then and sorry stuck to his morals and played him out of position the whole season. So I don't. I'm. It's hard to judge what they're going to do. Obviously, with a new manager again. Although right. this time they got the job done early, and he's had the full preseason. Right. Um. But last season, I, I, you can't say that it was disappointing. Champions League qualification again. Um. So they got that going for and them. You won Europe. Obviously, the Europa League Cup. Uh. Is yeah. is huge. Um. And then playing in a League Cup final, there's no shame in losing to Man City. They had uh, lost, I, I believe, on penalties when it to yeah, Man City in, in the cup final three days after they got trounced 6 0 uh, in the same fixture in the Premier League. Yeah, precisely. Um, midweek. So the character that they showed to not let that 6 0 get them down and to come out, and Keppa was in goal for that, I believe. Yeah. And yes, he didn't want to come off, and there's obviously problems with that, but. The way that that he picked himself up and the performance he put in the League Cup final, it shows that he's a, a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, his character, the team's character, their togetherness, um, really showed in that time frame. But there was a lot of inconsistency, and I think uh, there needs to be upgrades at center back, which they have yet to obviously they can't do. Right. So I think you're going to see a little bit more inconsistency from them next season. Obviously, you got Pulisic coming in. Yep. Um, and I because uh, he was registered back in January before the ban took effect, um, and they signed Kovacic, who was who was registered last season uh, on a permanent. Um, so they were allowed to keep his registration active. Uh, so I, th- I didn't really care for him myself particularly mm-hmm. last season, but I, I really I think that they, you know, I think. Jorginho and Conte might play next to each other this season and give those front three, I don't know who you're going to see through the middle, but give Pulisic some combination of Pedro and Willian and then probably Giroud at least to start off. Maybe Tammy Abraham because of what he showed last season in the championship. I mean, Frank Lampard will be very familiar with him. Exactly. Um, Some combination of those four or five players, I think you'll see have the freedom of Stamford Bridge to go and do whatever the hell they want up front and between Conte and Jorginho, will be able to uh, to clean up the midfield and, and, and stop any attacks, really. Uh, but if you can bypass those two players, I think they're still fairly frail at the back. Yeah, I well, it sounds like um, a few weeks back I had said that um, Zuma had put in a transfer request. He, in fact, did not put in a transfer request. Fell victim to the old... Uh, English media and believing what they said. So you have to figure he is going to fix it, be part of who's going to be back there at center back. And frankly, from what I saw with him when he was at Stoke and then what I saw from him last season, honestly, the guy's ready for the job. Put I, put him in the put him in the position. Let I mean, him play. I, I would say so. David Louise, I, I think, switches off too much defensively. Oh, He's absolutely. got a great eye for a pass. He, but who knows how close he is with Frank Lampard. You know, it's, they played together through arguably Chelsea's most successful spell. So does he show him some sort of loyalty? Does he give him four or five games to prove himself to him again? Right. Or does he go with Kurt Zuma, who's younger, faster, stronger, um, maybe not as positionally aware, but has the, the speed to make up for it, Yeah. and give him a run next to um, Rudiger. Uh, Rudiger or Christensen. Yep. Um, who's still there. And I thought deputized very well when David Luiz, or uh, I'm sorry, when Rudiger was hurt. Uh, did they send the American back out again on loan? I believe so. They did. and Forgetting his name. Uh, played for Red Bull. I'm looking for Matt Miazga. Yes, Miazga, they sent him yeah. back on loan, but this time to Reading. 
Okay. So he'll be in London, but Reading's just south of London. So he'll be just outside of London. Chelsea can keep an eye on him and monitor his progress a little bit more, I think. Uh, Reading's firmly in the championship. So I think that he'll get good experience and start realizing the English style of play and the English way of life, um, as opposed he was on loan in Holland the last two seasons, I believe. Yeah, so I would say with uh, David Luiz, that is the uh, David Luiz is the greatest uh, oxymoron in the world, Brazilian defender. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. I always like when they're like, particularly like great Brazilian goalies. I'm like, how really gr- they don't make a lot of saves when right. they make them. They're acrobatic, like you know, Allison makes some really acrobatic saves. But how often does that man get challenged? At all. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, there was the one, I can't remember what game it was now, but we talked about it during the season last season, uh, where Allison flicked the ball over and on rushing attacker. Yeah. It was like that type of shit you don't get from an English goalkeeper. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. no. (laughs) We're we're too busy trying to hit the ball back onto the bar and lose a. You know, Merseyside Derby. That's what yeah. that's what our English goalies do. Yeah, and the other thing oh, they do that, is try to do that, the drag back behind the other leg, behind their plant foot, and, and then end up hitting their own heel. And save fucking penalties. Get yeah. the rave on, son. <laughs> <laughs> or bang balls off of uh, a rush, on rushing Aubameyang <laughs> in the 14th minute at Watford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. do you think, uh, do you think uh, Christian Pulisic is ready for... The EPL is I he do. ready for the stardom? Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he's played at the Bernabeu, scored a goal, and assisted in that game. I believe, uh, actually, assisted to Aubameyang uh, a couple of years ago in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's played on literally the biggest stage. Um, there's no bigger stage than the Bernabeu in the Champions League in front of a hundred thousand people. How um, uh, how good is this for uh, American soccer and American I, soccer fans? As long as he plays, it's fantastic. It's Clint Dempsey all over again at Fulham and Spurs. It's Brian McBride again at at Fulham. And that's what really started to get Americans into the league was our players going over there. Landon Donovan on his many loan moves to Stuttgart and then to Everton. Everton. Um, Timmy Howard at Everton. Timmy Howard going to Man U first, blundering, getting sold, and then him being such a rock star for Everton. I mean, that story in and of itself was he went to the the biggest stage in England. I don't want to say failed. That's wrong. But... I think Sir Alex was a bit harsh back then. Right. Um, sold him. Well, and, and then got, he was such and, a stalwart for you all. And then got destroyed by the papers. Everybody talking about his Tourette's, his Tourette's and, and just yeah. ripping him apart. And then in his first seat, full season with Everton, after he had, he did a loan, and then they purchased him. And then, you know, the fairy tale. And this is what got me into Everton, frankly, right. was the semifinal of the FA Cup. And what does Tim do? He saves three penalties yep. in in the uh, penalty kick playoff for the win against his old club Manchester United yep. you know so yeah and that then after that that's I started but the, I I was all in on them anytime you have someone from your country that that goes abroad you have a more of a vested interest in that league and in those teams and want to see what they're going to do i mean how many you know fans of Dortmund are there because of Christian Pulisic there how many fans of or people paying attention now to Leipzig and to Schalke because of Tyler Adams and um, Weston McKinney. Right. Um, how many teams, when the Gooch went to Spain, how many teams started following, you know, first AC Milan and right. then uh, later on going to Spain for Valencia, maybe. Who is Valencia? I yeah. think so, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's awesome. You can't beat that. You can't replicate that. So anything to get people more into the game, anything to to raise our level, he's going to be playing week in, week out with some of the best players in the world. Yeah. You can't substitute that. Pretty good. Now, um, the big question, because we've been hinting at it all, you know, this whole summer, the fact that the teams around them or just behind them have improved, you know, maybe not 100% improved, but they've improved. Yep. The teams around them have a little bit of mix mix up, and then there's three teams that seem to be very clearly at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think this all fares out for Chelsea? What do you, what do you what do you expect from them? It's going to be very tough. I think it's a free hit for Frank Lampard. I think he can finish wherever he wants this season um, to try to implement a system to try to get everybody on side with his his philosophies and his way. Um, and then, obviously, he's going to have a, a summer to strengthen next summer. Um, and then I think that his his quote-unquote test will start next season. Yeah. Um, I, but he's got, you know, they sold, they also sold their best player. And then Hazard, their, their only out-and-out goal scorer, really. 
Um, I, I don't think Giroud gets the credit he deserves for the job that he does, but Christian Pulisic, as good as he is, is no Eden Hazard. And and their normal starting wingers are getting very old. Yep. Now, Willian and Pedro are getting very Now, fortunately, there's a ton of resources for them to work with, with, you know, Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi. And well, once Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek get back from their injuries, yeah, <laughs> they'll have a lot of players that they could rotate in and out. Right. So um, I think Tammy Abraham can play on the wing a little bit if necessary also. Uh, I know he did previously. Yeah, this, this, team, this team, if everything goes right, can be top four. This team, if everything goes wrong, could, could be, be intent. E- easily. Uh, yep. It's... Um, I, and, and Frank Lampard also. It's not like he has a track record in the Premier League that we can look at. He's been a season for one coach. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. For one coach. Been a coach for one season. Well done. <laughs> he is a season, much like you are a parade. <laughs> Fucking right uh, I am. <laughs> um, no, he's only been a coach for one season. It was in the championship, and he fell short of his goal of getting promoted. Now, he did well, got to the playoff final, yeah. but... What is he really going to do? And he's also going to have to use this whole squad where with Derby County, he pretty much stuck to about, you know, 15 guys. And that was it. Right. That's pretty much all he played. Exactly. So I, it's going to be hard to tell. I would probably imagine they're going to finish somewhere between fourth and sixth, would be my opinion. That's kind of what I think of, too. Time to cover Sammy's second favorite topic, Spurs. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm taking this one off. Tottenham, despite no transfer buys for two straight windows, injuries wearing them down, found a way to qualify for the Champions League again and make it to the final of the same competition, uh, finish above their rivals in the table, Arsenal, for another season. Yet somehow it felt like just a season full of missed opportunities. Wouldn't you say, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, making it to the final of the Champions League and then losing a very boring final to Liverpool. I mean, you got to believe that they had a chance there to win to win that tournament oh, for absolutely. the first time in their history. Absolutely, I mean, the first trophy for a very, 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 very long time, and it would have been one that Arsenal never had. So they would have had one up on us in that in that regard. And um, so sorry, too bad, so sad. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like. Um, they were always kind of sticking around, sticking around, sticking around, and then as the um, as the season started to uh, you know fade away right from them, mm-hmm. um, they they started to fade out and they kind of focused their attention to Champions League, which is to be expected, of course. Absolutely. But it just it it just felt like you know there's a wide open opportunity to just take third place, and they somehow managed to finish behind Chelsea, who they shouldn't have. There's no reason why they yeah. shouldn't have. They they just they kind of lost their way into the Champions League spot. It felt like yeah. So when when Kane went down, um, and then rushed back for the Champions League final, Son really deputized very well uh, again after coming back from um, uh, the Asian tournament, the right. Asian Cup or whatever it yep, was. The Asian Cup. Um, he uh, obviously Harry Kane was not there. Lucas Moore played very well. Uh, especially in that Champions League semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, Lucas Moore is fairly inconsistent, um, and Son just couldn't do it all himself. I mean, they dropped some points that really they shouldn't have dropped, uh, to be completely honest with you. So I, I, I personally think one one position that they need to, to shore up and get a backup for, which is one of the hardest things to do, find somebody that can come in and do a job when someone's not available, but that's their role. Um it's one of the most difficult things things to do in football. Right. Um, but I think they need to find another center forward. That You you beat me to the punch. I was going to say, we know Harry Kane is going to get hurt. It's been proven season after season after season. His body cannot handle the, dur- the, 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 the length of the season, the physicality, yep. whatever it is. But he gets hurt a and, lot. And, it's, and it's, it's, one of the scary things for Spurs fans is it's always his ankle, it yeah. seems. And so they have to rely on, you know, you know, they have to rely on Son and Mora to get them goals. But Son's probably better suited to be a wing than he is to be an up top striker. Correct. And and while Mora will have games where he'll go and score a hat trick in a Champions League game or go and score a hat trick in a regular season game. But then he's, he's off for three games. He doesn't score. Right. So. Yeah. I was going to say, do they need to find another striker, or do you just kind of put faith in Moore and let him go? Uh, I I think Lucas Moore also would do well with a little bit of consistency in the team. Um, 
and maybe find the back of the net a little bit more often as opposed to in spurts. Um, but I really think they need the, – the way that they make Harry Kane the focal point of that attack, I think they need to find somebody in, uh, that fits that mold because neither Son nor Lucas Mora play that position that well through the middle. And it also kind of seems as Harry Kane goes is as Deli Alley goes. Yeah. You know, he really works they feed off well, each other, yeah. Works very, very well off of Kane. But when you put Mora out there, he tends to disappear in matches. Right. Um, it does seem like he's finally uh, Ali's finally learned how to calm his nerves because it was also, you know, early on in the season, you could see if you push with him, if you messed with him, if you did the right, if you pushed his buttons the wrong way, tight, yeah. he was wound real tight. Yep. It could get himself into trouble well, quite a bit. Good thing this summer he let loose uh, uh, off with his, his very attractive girlfriend um, to one of the Greek islands. I think it was Mykonos or somewhere. Uh, and they were celebrating, I believe, her birthday. And for some reason, he got super pissed uh, drunk. Yeah, and um, had to be carried off by two security guards back to his room <laughs> from the beach. <laughs> um, now they have made uh, a couple of signings. The one lead stri- uh, lead swinger who they immediately lent back. back. Yep. Um, but the more important one, and really this seems to be the the, the move they needed to make, was bringing in um, Dembele. Yeah, and Dembele. Yeah, yeah and Dembele. Uh, sorry. Yeah. What's it? Um, so Musa Dembele left. Right. Uh, who was there? kind of defensive midfielder, almost a box-to-box guy. I mean, he joined the attack very often, especially when Kieran Dyer was in the team. Um, But his legs were starting to go, and and he asked for a move to China, and they gave it to him. Um, I think he went to China. There was talk of him going to Belgium, but I don't think he went to Belgium. They put put a lot on him last season. Yeah, absolutely. For for his age, he... uh, I'd say he was their most valuable player last season yeah. just because he held it all together for him. And then somehow held it all together right. for him. And then Victor Wanyama uh got old also. Yeah. I mean his his knees aren't great anymore. And um that was a very focused position that they needed to address. Right. Um Eric Dyer also is a, a little bit slow. Uh but um I think he had appendicitis or something last season. He had mm. to he went down with the surgery and uh, I don't know if they expect him to to pick up a little bit more if they're going to go with two in front of that, uh, in front of the uh, back three, or what they really could do is use Ndombele like they did Dembele as a uh, as a box to box guy and let Kieran uh, Kieran Dyer, <laughs> he's been retired for yeah. a very long time, let Eric Dyer thank you uh, <laughs> sit in front of the back four and then defensively drop next to him offensively kind of join the attack almost right. in like a Frank Lampard style where he would be um, a late runner into the box. So um, a few moves that have uh, happened. Uh, obviously, uh, Kieran Trippia has uh, moved on to yeah, Atletico. I'm surprised. I mean, they have Ben Davies. Right. But they haven't, they, again, have no uh, what I've been ready reading, backup. It's Surge. They're going to let, they're going to move him out to the wing. Really? Yeah. Him and um, Foyth also. Huh. One yeah. Foyth. Yeah. They want to play him out on the wing. So they feel like they have the depth to let the young guys play, but that's going to lead to mistakes. Uh, Sanchez Sanchez was another name that they've thrown up there, too. Yeah, he's played Um, there once or twice. I I just find it interesting that they're they're using these players almost as utility players. Well, what happens if you lose one to suspension and one to injury? Now all of a sudden you're fucked again. Yeah, you don't have anybody back there. Yeah, I mean it. it, 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 Or you have to change your formation and go to a back four. Right. I I know they like to work with a back three. Correct. With two wing backs that get up the pitch. Yeah. And for for me, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it. This this isn't meant as a dig, but it's almost like an Arsenal transfer policy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got enough players that could slide in there. We don't need to back that position up. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Now the other one, um, news today when I was reading it uh, this morning. Uh, looks like Erickson has agreed to terms with uh, Real Madrid. Now, the question is, is how much money do Spurs get for him? Well, how much money does Real Madrid have left to spend without financial fair play regulation? Very true. Because it's been reported this week. I was going to wait till speculation time, but I guess we'll do this one now. Mm-hmm. Their former player, uh, Tottenham's former player, Gareth Bale, at the 11th hour, his proposed move to China broke down. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Real Madrid canceled it. Problem is, is the Chinese club that he was uh, supposed to be going to does not want to pay a transfer fee. They wanted Real Madrid essentially to sack Gareth Bale. They were going to pay him a million pound a week uh, in China. 
to entice him to go there when he's only 30 and one of the more talented footballers in Europe. Right. Well, uh, simply put, Madrid still needs to make money on that investment because they spent eighty-nine million or, yeah, or eighty-two exactly. million, close on to a hundred million on yeah. him. So the the problem is why the Chinese clubs don't like paying huge transfer fees is in China. Um, I guess they're yeah, I guess they're communist, aren't they? We can say that. Yeah, it's yeah, a communist government. It's a communist country. There's no I guess. It's yes. They are communists. Well, Russia's a democracy, but... No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's what they call it, themselves. It absolutely is. Really? They, they have elections. Hmm. If you don't vote for the wrong person, you just get a gun in the face. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's technically... It's legally a democracy, but they just fix every election illegally, <laughs> and nobody cares because it's the guys in power doing it. Uh, we're still talking about Russia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, but... Uh, so. The Chinese clubs have to pay a hundred percent tax on any transfer fee that they sp- that they pay. Oh, so shit. they're essentially paying double: once to the club and then once to the government. So if you want eighty million for Gareth Bale or forty million for Gareth Bale since he just turned thirty or what have right. you, they have to turn around and then pay that forty million to the government again. So no matter what you do, it that doubles the transfer fee and obviously kicks into your budget to be able to pay him whatever you want to pay him right in the uh in the wage packet so, so i that i think is scuppering real madrid's further business it's why you right. haven't seen paul pogba go there right that's why i think they see maybe christian erickson as a cheaper option to paul pogba um but i they need to do something to get some money to be able to complete that deal right he can agree personal terms all he wants if tottenham's not getting a transfer fee for him and they're not selling they're him. not selling him let's let's live in a in a fantasy world where this does happen because this brings up my next my next thought okay. is who the fuck takes all their set pieces they got rid of trippia they got uh, rid of erickson so that is every corner kick every free kick i mean what are you gonna have harry kane go out and take corner kicks you no, need him in the middle i think free kicks will end up being harry kane because he did take some of them um Anyway, in and around the box. If it was going to be a shot on target, Harry Kane was the one to strike it. Typically, right. But if it's um, if but if it's, it's in the corner, attacking, if yeah. it's in the attacking third, you're going to want Harry Kane up on the line Correct. to try to get a header. So. Absolutely. If it's a corner, yeah, absolutely. Or if it's further out, uh, too far for a shot, yeah. I think you're going to see more than likely their outside backs. Right. So Ben Davies has pretty good delivery, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Danny, Danny Rose. Rose also has pretty good delivery. I mean, I don't think either of them are as good as Kieran Trippier, but um, but I think they've got decent enough delivery that they can cause problems for other teams. Uh, do you know anything about the new guy? Um, I don't. If he uh, has I any did, kind of, I he rubs me as someone who probably could. Typically, defensive midfielders have pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good passing well, ability. Eric Dyer was the one that took them from from midfield, uh, essentially. And then um, I think behind him was Jean Vertonghen uh, would take some as well uh, if it was beyond midfield. So this team... Into their own half, I mean. So this team managed to surprise us that, you know, despite the whole season, we're like just waiting for it to fall apart and we thought they'd finish in like fifth or sixth place because World Cup, guys were going to be tired, too many injuries, not enough not enough uh, depth. Well, they proved that they got... a decent amount of depth i mean like well, their their nobody, youth their youth players kind of came through for them are we expecting them to sign many more people i don't think so i haven't seen a whole lot of speculation linking them with any other players really uh the big one of the summer they already got was uh Ndombele. if um but in terms of i i think what helped them last season is nobody went down at the same time you weren't missing three or four major players at once it was a guy here a guy it was there, a, guy a guy here yeah. for three three to six weeks then right. he came back and then somebody else got hurt it'd be somebody's backup was down and you knew oh okay well j- just hopefully that guy doesn't get hurt and right he didn't. and he didn't and yeah. he you know did the job long enough for the other guy to come back fully fit right um and I forgot to mention also in the center of midfield, you got Harry Winks deputizing again. Yep. So absolutely. you got somebody that can come in and, as, as a different option if Eric Dyer is shoved to the bench. Right. You've got Ndombele behind him, and Harry Winks is the box to box, who I think they see as the way to the future. He can also step in for Christian Eriksen. He's a bit more of a creative presence. I don't know how he's going to do without starting from deep because right. he tends to start from deep as, as more of a deep lying playmaker and then join the attack, Frank Lampard esque again, right. uh, late into the box. 
Um, so that's an option if uh, if Erickson were to go as well, is just promote Harry Harry Winks with a little bit more responsibility. So um, how do we think they're going to finish up this season? I think they're going to be a, a, a tough ask for any team again uh, yeah. this year. Um, I see them probably in third. Uh, again, I don't think the front two can be cracked. The problem's going to be for Liverpool especially, and this is just in the Premier League as a whole. You can't win the league in the first three, four weeks, but you could definitely lose it. Mm-hmm. And with all three front men, 90% of their goals last season, 95% of their goals last season came from those three players, all played all summer long. And they all played they all the played summer before. Last summer long. Yeah. Right. So they're eventually going to need a break, or one of them is going to suffer a major injury, uh, in my opinion. Um, so they may get off to a little bit of a slow start, and if Spurs could pick up enough points in the first part of the season, you might see them a little bit out of touching distance uh, from even Liverpool. I, I kind of I hate to use the term dark horse because they're a good club. Which would annoy the fuck out of me, too. But in a, in a way, like they could very quietly... Find you could find them very quietly suddenly challenging for the title. Yeah. Now I now I unfortunately history off, yeah. history says they fall off. Mm-hmm. But I would not. This is you know how we talk about Chelsea and we look at the end of the season. And go how the hell did Chelsea finish in second place? I completely feel like we could see that happen where we just go how the hell did Tottenham finish in like second place? Right. Just, wow. Hold on. Tottenham lost the league to City by three points how the fuck did that yeah. happen i mean like, i don't think they'll be able you know. to keep up that kind of pace with them right yeah two of your center backs and davison sanchez and juan foyth are both still very young yeah i haven't seen toby alderweireld leave yet and manchester united was hot on his heels a couple of seasons ago but apparently harry Maguire is a new hot it's property Maguire. Yeah, yeah i i don't understand why for a 25 million buyout clause or whatever it is i don't know why they're not going after um Toby Alderweireld now, yeah. But so you have two experienced guys in 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 the aforementioned uh, Mr. Toby and Jan Vertonghen, and then you've got the two young boys in Davis and Sanchez and Juan Foyth. Um, the young guys are prone to giving up some mistakes. Um, Juan Foyth, in particular, Davis and Sanchez played a little bit more regularly last season, mm-hmm. but he did give up an odd penalty and that kind of stuff that put Spurs under the cosh. So defensively, but then again, you have Hugo Lloris in the back who had a fair share of his own gaffes as well. Um, So I think if they can keep the pressure up as they did last season, score a couple of goals quick, I think they'll be in a better spot. But I don't know that they can keep up with City to to that length. Uh, we, We know this. They're, they're going to finish in the top four. They're going to finish in the top four. That's, There's yeah. no, uh, outside of like a major catastrophe, which I'm sure you're rooting for. Uh, no, I there, never there wish would... injury on a player. Never. Uh, I never wish well, injury on a player. Well, major catastrophe could be like a sex scandal, you know? I could Harry King that. caught with a horse and like, you know, you you could love, you could live with that, right? You'd yeah, love him that. finally getting caught? Yeah, I could live with that. <laughs> <laughs> Our last club to talk about tonight, Burnley FC, got a taste of uh, European football this past season, and they threw up all over themselves. <laughs> and the strain of said European <laughs> campaign. It did not go well. Uh, they Burn- did no do so good. No, exactly. <laughs> no do so good. The Burnley did eventually do what they do best. They played staunch defense. They slowed down games. They found ways to get timely goals. And they went out and they got results. Yeah, and once they were exhausted. Right, yeah. and that ultimately got them to where they needed to be. I also think a lot of it happens to be the moment that they went from Joe Hart back to Tom Heaton when Tom Heaton was healthy. That also that, was huge, that team, absolutely. That team played fantastic the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, for sure. The, it was almost the moment that happened, and they rattled off a couple of wins. You're like, oh, Burnley's safe. Yep. Like, Burnley's safe. I, I mean, part of that, uh, you know, uh, as a former goalkeeper yourself, you know how important that, relationship is between the goalkeeper and the back four uh Mm -hmm. in Burnley's case a back four oh yeah and um they seemed much more settled they weren't as scattered they had confidence they had you know to go in they weren't stepping off defenders to try to contain anymore they were going to win the ball uh you know for um higher up the pitch and keep keep uh opponents out of uh of their final third Mm -hmm. now uh where do they find the happy medium Right, because you don't want to be battling to try to stay up, but let's face it, you're probably not a top seven team again. 
where where do you find where do you find that nine through twelve spot? Like, what is it they need to do to just find that we're comfortable, we're an established Premier League team, we're here to stay? They need to get younger first. Yeah. Is the number one factor, which they haven't done this off season. Nope. <laughs> All the, it's been it's been older players um, that they've been signing. What I uh, what I did notice from them is once. I basically boiled last season, the start of last season, down to fatigue. Once they had to stop going to Romania to, you know, they didn't go to Azerbaijan, but Arsenal made that trip. The Europa League puts those sorts of games on your schedule, which are no mean feat. I mean, Azerbaijan is an eight-hour time difference from England. Right, and then you play No, I'm sorry, it's a three-hour time difference from England. So, but you're fly, you're in the air for four hours, you know, right. to get there. It's it's ridiculous. And you play on a Thursday and then turn and around then a, and play a, on, on a Sunday. Sunday. It's a it's a quick turnaround. It's not easy to do when you're going to far off random ass places, right? You know, um. So, I I basically boil the start of last season down to fatigue. If they can't get younger, I think they'll still be fine in the Premier League. I think Sean Dyche's system, um, is dare I say unbeatable. It's. It ain't uh, pretty, but it works. Oh yeah, they the, they do the we dare you to score on us, and correct. in most instances, you don't. The biggest question is going to be: is can the goalkeeper stay fit? Can they hold on to him? Yeah. Um, and can Ashley Barnes and um, what's the kid from New Zealand? I'm blanking on his name. Chris Wood. Yeah. If those two can score enough goals consistently, right? Oh, to, now they added Jay Rodriguez to that. Uh, yeah, group as 30, well 34 year old Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. if they um so they now have a little bit more of a creative presence obviously people know him from his time at Southampton he's clearly going to be a super sub he's going to play he's he's going to be a relieve him late kind of guy because at 34 he's not he just doesn't have the legs to Correct. To, to play full 90 minutes so his th- you know if, if they can score enough goals you got young McNeil who came through towards the end of last season yeah. who was a, a very big bright yeah, spot for them very big. Um, I think he's going to have a lot more responsibility this campaign. Uh, but if you get Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, you know, spreading out their goals and then winning 1-0 or 2-1 um, and not bagging three or four in a game, right, between the two of them, I think you'll see Burnley firmly safe in 10th without a problem. Yeah? Man, yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. I mean, the, defensively we've seen even Nick Pope, um, when he was deputizing for Tom Heaton, who was injured the season prior, played extraordinary got uh, himself a spot on the uh, england national exa- world cup team as well it exactly was the backup goalies to pickford were the two burnley goalies yeah exactly so i think even if tom heaton goes i think they'll be fine with nick pope problem's gonna be is if he goes down or something's wrong and joe hart has to play they could very quickly find themselves in a relegation so battle. that's where i was wondering do you think they're gonna go with pope or do they do you think they're gonna go with hart if because hart has the if name. tom heaton leaves they're definitely going with Nick Pope. Now, there's the, not a question in my mind. The bit with Heaton is Heaton is not getting offered another contract, or if he has, he hasn't liked the terms. He is on the last year of his deal. So, do you? They go, could look to cash in. I mean, you, do you cash in or do you let him walk on a free? I think um, you have to cash in on him. Villa Villa has uh, c- come out a couple of times and wanted him, but uh, th- Burnley's already said it's ten million. Like you got to pay us ten million right. if you want him, and I don't think. Villa is ready to make that that leap for a keeper, considering they have a pretty decent keeper already. And Steer, yeah, yeah. he's an already goalkeeper. Now the other one that's being linked to him now is uh, Liverpool, apparently to back up Allison for Tom Heaton himself. I think that that would be a bad move, right? Because he's not going to play. He's not going to play hardly ever. Um, no. I mean, he might be able to pick up a League Cup medal or something like that, but they'll probably let him play cup competitions. And yeah, and he, he might get to play the knockout stages. I mean, the uh, the group stages of uh, Champions League. But the minute they get to the knockout, they're well, going to go to Allison. They're playing. If they're in a if they're in a, a a group with Roma again, he's not playing that game. Yeah, you're putting Allison in the net for yeah. that. If it you know it have to be like against Bate Borisov or or someone like that. I mean, you even saw them lose to Red Star Belgrade last season away from home. Yeah, they're going to want their full their full tilt lineup out there. Um, and Tom Heaton would not be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were him, I, w- I would probably go somewhere where you think you have a, a relatively good chance of winning something, right? So you've got a fairly old goalkeeper at Watford who who made the champion or Champions League, yeah, right. Yeah. Made the FA Cup final last season. That's who they, they were linked a, to at first, right. and then it just died. Has a, died. A, a legitimate shot of reaching a cup final. I think you could see something like that. Um, Leicester's goalkeeper and Casper Schmeichel's too young. 
probably wouldn't go there. Right. Nobody wants to join the shit show up at Newcastle. Um, <laughs> um. So I, I don't know. I I don't see him going to Liverpool and being happy. Just right. being the cup goalkeeper, I think that's dumb. Right. Um, so he, to be honest with you, he'll probably end up staying. Um, I don't see him if, really. If going he does, then they, they. If he does, then there are no. There's no fear of them going down. And how old is think. he? Thirty-one. Yeah, he's not not particularly old yet for a keeper. For Remember, a keeper, keepers yeah. play till they're forty. Yeah, he's yeah, not keepers, particularly keepers old yet. I could see one club that's not mentioned, and, and really, I'm surprised. Maybe it's because he's not particularly good with his feet. Um, but Hugo Lloris is getting older. Oh, he'd be a great fit at Tottenham. Yeah, be a great fit at Tottenham. I mean, I'd definitely. hate, to, I'd hate to see it, but yeah. um, um, they're going to need to replace that position here shortly too, because Hugo Lloris is thirty three, thirty four, I think. Yep. So we've kind of established we we figure this team is going to be somewhere between fifteen and ten, pretty comfortably, and they're going to stick around. They're going to they're going to stay up. Um, here's here's the question that I have for you: um, Are they like Bournemouth? Have we quote unquote? Has the league figured them out yet? Can you figure out a brick wall? It's, I mean, you know they're going to pack all 18 yep. in, but but do you think maybe teams have kind of gone, you know what, we know how to break this down. We know how to not let them get the counter. We know how to, we know how to they, make this they've work. They've been doing that for four or five seasons now, mm-hmm. and or three or four seasons now. And once they weren't tired anymore, they, they were, were fine. fine. Yeah, they were fine. So... I don't think you can figure out a brick wall. I mean, you know, unless you're got a ladder. <laughs> uh, that's a Trump joke. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's actually it's very, very easy. F- a very flat Trump joke. So it's actually very easy to figure out a brick wall. The problem is, is it's not a literal brick wall to climb over. And you know what? That's we're where just, I guess the joke fell flat. We're, we're just going to uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to let the uh, segment end on your bomb. Sweet. Time to tell you what little we know. It is speculation time. Sammy, what you got for us? All right. So we have a lot of stuff going on. Okay. A lot a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That is you pausing as you're thumbing through your iPad. Furious Harry Maguire wants Lester to push through his dream Manchester United move. It's not his dream move. Right, he just wants to get out of Leicester. He just wants to get out of Leicester. And get fucking paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, angry Manchester United fans sent an open letter to the Glazier family demanding answers about their ownership of the club. Uh, we fucking own it. I, yeah. <laughs> not sure what you want. Yeah. Um, well, I, saw, I found that kind of funny. Uh, Solomon Rondon revealed he did want to stay at Newcastle, but said he knew he had to leave as soon as Rafa Benitez did. Uh, Rafa Benitez <laughs> did. Which is funny. Fabulous. Uh, <laughs> Bag oh, how many goals oh, he gone? Him? Oh, he gone? Bye. <laughs> yeah. It's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Mike Ashley fucked it up again. Also, I this I'm going to have to find. Um, he gave an interview. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about it. No. It's th- filled with fun quotes. <laughs> I'm going to have to try to pull that up at some point here uh, before we go. Um, like I said, we talked about Gareth Bale. That was my leading story. Um, Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's son, Noah, is in the Christensen squad for Tuesday night's friendly against United in Oslo. Okay. So he's going to be managing against the team that contains his son, <laughs> uh, which should be pretty cool. Um, all the pictures are floating around of Eden Hazard, who was uh, fat when he came back from summer break and apparently was seven kilograms overweight. Because he got paid. <laughs> That's right. He got paid. He don't he care no more. Definitely enjoyed his holiday, apparently. He's like, I'm playing for Madrid. They got tons of people around us. We'd be all right. So Moise Ken actually has agreed to join Everton uh, with the Toffees still attempting to strike a deal with Juventus. So Moise Ken's cool with it. Uh, just need Juventus to yeah, accept the bid, basically. I, yeah, it's the, well, the, the initial bid, it was like 30, 000, uh, 30 million, and then they could do a buyback clause for 40 million. Well, w- where's the value in that to us, right? He right. goes and scores 20 goals, and then you turn around and buy him back when we only get a $10 million profit off of that. Right. But if he comes and he shits the bed in in England, we're stuck holding the uh, bag, you know? So. Right. Um, and then also, apparently, you all are very cool with sending Sheng Tosun and some cash down to Palace. Uh, but later in the day, it came out that you all denied that report yep. uh, in a bid for Wilfred Zaha. So I guess that was like what I like to do and just throw darts at a board and say this player to this team with this guy and that amount of money for and it's happening on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Everton <laughs> Everton came out, gave a public statement that said 
we made an offer for Zaha. They turned it down. There was no other offer made. That was it. Right. And we want to keep a great professional relationship with Palace. We're done talking about it. We're not We're not putting in another bid. Well, there you it's go. It's over. Uh, Virgil van Dyke says that Kieran Tierney has all the tools to be a smash hit at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. For, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, apparently, uh, PSG defender Stanley Nsaki will, this week, apparently... He will become Steve Bruce's second signing as a Newcastle boss. Ooh. So get rid of the dead weight in Rafa Benitez and then start signing a bunch of people nobody's ever fucking heard of. Right, because... Solid business plan, Mike Ashley. Yeah, because Mike, Ash- Mike Ashley plan. is the best. Yeah, he's that- fucking quality. And uh, while you um, start going through the the next segment... That's all I have, by the way. <laughs> while you start going through the uh, the next segment here, I'm going to try to find that Mike Ashley interview. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's well, that means we actually have to pause it. I, Sam's doing this abrupt pause now kind of thing, I guess. So that's, <laughs> I guess that's how that's working. <laughs> well, isn't the next segment DU, which he introduces anyways? Yeah, but he wasn't there. there. I wasn't there. So, as you heard before the break, I wasn't fucking there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did see. Uh, that we drew 6-6. Six, six. So, we Mr. A, Houston, why don't you tell us about it? We got a point that, that you got to be happy with. Um, it was against uh, Africa United, who is the winners of the last three straight Division ones. So to get a point against them is very encouraging. Um, your brother went off with a... Uh, with a groin pull midway through the first half, that that hurt us quite a bit. His groin is starting um, to become like Jack Wilshere's <laughs> ankle. Well, he uh, he even openly admits he's like he's like yeah, you know, I just show up here and I run around a little and I start playing when what I should be doing is showing up here a half hour early, stretching like a professional and taking care of my body and not just you know running onto the pitch. And there's a reason why I keep pulling my uh, pulling my groin muscle is because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, and you know what his specialty is. Uh, in his personal training capacity, right? Uh, no. What is it? Injury prevention. Injury prevention. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All That's right, not Brian. A very gonna, good endorsement. Brian, we're gonna need you to work on fixing yourself. There, oh no, I, I'm great at taking care of other people. I'm shite at taking care of myself. Um, <laughs> just as my liver. I will. I will say we were a bit misfortunate. Um, we were up six to four with three minutes left, and uh, a couple of redirects, like one ball where Chris tried to dive to block it and hit off of him and went the other direction up into the upper 90s past our goalie, uh, Jake, who played his ass off. So we had a 6-4 lead. We ended up giving it away in the last minute and a half and ended up tying uh, 6-6. But Silver Lion got a fucking point. We needed that. We were 0-2 to start the season, so we needed a point. You're over there giggling to yourself, so I assume you found... I found the interview. Okay, so... And I was just reading it a little bit. All right, well, then... then I'll say, do you want to save it for closing remarks? We're getting ready to go to that right now. So, uh, Sammy, any parting words? Well, hey, well done to the boys. Uh, Got our first point of the season. I just want to say that. Uh, Your captain will be back this week, and then be out next week. Yep. (laughs) All right, uh, so this was an interview uh, Mike Ashley gave with the Daily Mail... Apparently, uh, he gave this interview because the Belgian authorities uh, have told him that his company, Sports Direct, owes £605 million in uh, tax liability that hasn't been paid. Oh, shit. Ooh, that's not good. So, he said, oh, fuck, I need something to distract people from that. <laughs> and uh, Which I think is probably why he was linked with that uh, PSG player. Also, right. but uh, gave this interview. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Um, the first paragraph is kind of the intro. And then there's a lot of fun quotes. Um, Alan, I hope you're listening. You've probably already seen it, but I'm going to pour salt in that wound. Uh, all right. Mike Ashley's reflecting on his 12 years at Newcastle. Quote from Mike Ashley. I'm a negative to that football club, he says without a hint of self-pity. <laughs> I suck as an owner. That's yeah. that's the translation, everybody. Yep. In a in an interview with the press, says I suck it as an owner and I hurt my club by owning them. Yeah, essentially. And uh, here, the rest of this is a quote from Mike Ashley. It, excuse me. It's not a secret. I don't feel sorry for myself. It's down to me, not Newcastle. I give myself one out of five in some aspects because I made proper mistakes. 
and football isn't a very forgiving place. I didn't just shoot myself in the foot. I blew my own leg off. <laughs> uh, another quote. People would look at me and think I'd gone temporarily insane. They didn't know what I was doing. Will I be there first game of the season? Maybe. <laughs> the nice thing about not even showing up. Jesus Christ. Absolutely brilliant. What I don't want is for it to be negative. Why would I go if it causes the fans an issue? If I'm not there, maybe they can get behind Steve Bruce and get on with it. That's probably better. I don't want people to think I'm making it worse. I don't want people to be asking how our players can perform in these conditions. I don't want them booing every two minutes. But you're making it worse. You just said at the start of the interview, you're a detriment to your own club. Yeah. But I don't want to make it worse. Um, yeah. Was this an audio interview or newspaper? No, it was all newspaper, which makes it even funnier because it's printed forever. It's there to be seen. I kind of want to get the audio of it and just play it. I know. It would have been brilliant if we could do it. <coughs> pull but we pull us sound drops from it. Uh, he insisted that it was impossible for Newcastle to have kept Rafa Benitez. No, it wasn't. No, All he had to do was wasn't. sign somebody before he left. <laughs> yeah. Give him assurances. Yeah. Sign some people. Give him a good contract that he as a manager deserves, which, by the way, he fucking deserves. All right. Like, pay him well. Yeah. Now we're here to the meat and potatoes. <coughs> Oh, if now you, we got the mean potatoes? My view always was we had to keep Rafa. For my own personal safety, we had to keep Rafa. I thought he had us offside. He had us concerned. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I've been totally outmaneuvered. I probably shouldn't own a football club. It's ridiculous, but I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't own a football club, but I'm a big boy yeah. who drinks okay. to get drunk. Can yep. we just trade out um, I shouldn't own a football club to I shouldn't be president, but I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. Ah, funny. He's bigly. Bigly. Yeah. Yet every time with Rafa, it was impossible. There was always another thing. And the next thing, maybe like signing players, and the next <laughs> thing. He asked for a 50% pay increase, and I think he did that because he knew it couldn't work. And if we had agreed to that... I think it would have been something else. And everyone thinks we lost him because we wouldn't pay a couple of quid more. <laughs> so then you wouldn't pay more. Right. Uh he had the microphones and we didn't. <laughs> uh no, no, you could have said something at any point of time. Does he does he bring up uh the Khalid takeover at all or Uh no. I'm not disappointed in him as a manager. He did an excellent job. It puzzles me why any fan thinks I wouldn't want him. I'm not the thickest person on the planet. Why wouldn't I want excellence? Why wouldn't I want this manager? Accuse me of many things, but not that. We couldn't have done any more. At one stage, they were talking about a one-year extension, and I said my preference would be for an eight-year contract. That's what I have to do in this business when I invest. I have to take a medium to long-term view. <laughs> but you don't. Uh, I don't worry about my takings on a Saturday. Be yeah, honest, you Mike. You do. <laughs> You do. Uh, the only thing because <laughs> you would spend more money on your club. You you are a profitable club, and you choose not to spend money on your club. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he said, uh, "And we are now talk. Uh, we are now talking planning and strategy. So if, if you really want me involved, I need time from you too. And that was the idea. I did it before with Alan Pardew. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that worked out so fucking well. Yep. Looking back, though, it doesn't really matter what Rafa asked for because I think the Chinese thing was done. He had talked about what he could earn in China previously. We were not even slightly surprised by that move. I go to the training ground. Hot day, all lovely. You can't help getting carried away, he says. I'm like, what can I do to help? <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said fucking leave. Sell the yeah. fucking <laughs> club. Then he says, uh, can we get another one in? What's he like? Is he fast? It's one of the amazing things about owning a football club. The way you get caught up. It's like someone has put something in your coffee. You look around, you want to lift the place, hit the ground running. I just hope we're not finished at Joldenton. Okay. Yeah. It's, You're fading. It's much, funny. Much, much like before. No, nah, it's just funny. This it's just fucking funny. I can't. 
I can't do it. He finishes out the interview. It's and like this a train wreck. He can't no. take his eyes yeah. off the I, page. It's so bad. It's so bad. And every Newcastle fan will be extraordinarily depressed. I, I've decided I'm going to make a... Alan said some things about Mike Ashley. I'm going to make a button. So every time we start talking about Newcastle, we'll just play what we're assuming Alan is thinking. <laughs> there you go. Oh, fabulous. Um, Love it. So uh, he finishes the interview by saying, I think I could own this club forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I, I, Alan, 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 <laughs> Alan, listen, get off listen, the ledge, please. Listen we to love my you, voice. Brother. Listen to my voice. Put the razor blade down. Just <laughs> don't do it. You're loved. You're a great human being. Just don't d- don't listen to what he says. It's okay. Tune army, all of you. Just t- put it down. <laughs> You'll be so, all right. Yeah. So when I found when I found that interview earlier, um, a couple extra poop logs came out. <laughs> I was almost done shitting, and then I found that, and I laughed, and more shit came out. <laughs> very much like the interview itself. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Mike Ashley makes Dan Schneider look amazing. Yeah, true. Yeah. He very spends true. money on worthless shit, but at least he spends money. <laughs> well, that uh, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, excellent. Well, that wraps it up for us, boys and girls. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that pretty much gets it down to just a, a handful of teams. So uh, this Thursday's bonus episode, we have uh, Simon back, and we the talk Arsenal. all things Arsenal. And then we got just a, you know, it's a couple more weeks. Transfers will all be wrapped up by the end of this week, and we'll be f- talking about the two clubs from the Mersey. And then next thing you know, it's a fucking season, Sammy. Yeah, that's true. And I think that we are going to do the transfer roundup a week after the season starts so I can get proper blitz for it. I would love that. Yeah. Till next time, everybody. Good night. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule. American history and practical man. You study them hard and hoping to pass. Working your fingers right down to the bone. The guy behind you won't leave you alone. Ring, ring goes the bell. Yeah, no, he's he's ridiculous with his chickens. Really ridiculous with one chicken. It's Kitty. <laughs> You're ridiculous with all of the chickens. You're really ridiculous with one of them. Yeah, Kitty. That's the. <laughs> yeah, Kitty. Kitty's my pet chicken. Do you think they think he's their rooster? <laughs> Could be. Well, I have been known to be the cock of the walk. He impressed. He impressioned on them, or whatever it's called. I'm the cock of the walk. <laughs> and he's mine, Trebek. <laughs>